The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where we come together to discuss all kinds of healing, and that's something the world needs a lot these days. Seems like now more than ever. But if you're new to my show, really want to welcome you for being with us today. And if you've been journeying, journeying with us for a while, welcome back. Got a real treat for you today. Um, we have Joanne DiMaggio, who is an expert in reincarnation, past lives, life between life. Um, and, and she's written this. Uh, she's also an expert on Edgar Cayce. Um, so she's written this incredible book called Edgar Casey and the Unfulfilled Destiny of Thomas Jefferson Reborn. And this is going to be an interesting topic for you. If, you've, if you have any interest in reincarnation, karma, free will, this is something that's been on my mind a lot recently these days is I kind of contemplate, well, how does it all work? How does um, the, the, the contracts that we have for our life this time um, hold up to our free will choices and the things that we choose in the moment when we're living. So this is something I noodle on a lot and, and try seek my own understanding. So I'm very excited to have an opportunity to talk to Joanne because she's just an incredible expert on this topic. And um, let me tell you a little bit about her. She's been actively involved in the Edgar Casey Association for Research and Enlightenment since 1987. And she has um you know, really dedicated her life to understanding not only the work of Edgar Casey, but also the subjects of past life, life between life, exploration. And she's um, she's written quite a few books on this topic. I think, is it six books now, Joanne, that you've done? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So, um, so, so tell us a little bit about, I know this book is pretty different than some of the work that you've done. Like what, what, what's it all about and how did you, um, be inspired to write this one? Well, you know, this actually goes back to 1987 when Shirley MacLaine's Out on the Limb became a miniseries. I don't know. Mm. How you're, oh, yeah. I watched it. it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. That was like the big wake up call for a lot of, I think, sleeping metaphysicians, myself included. Of yep. course, we talked about past life and I'd always been interested in it as a teenager. And uh, so I thought, well, I've got to find a, a like minded group to to learn from, you know, like-minded people. And so um, I stumbled on Edgar Casey's ARE, uh, became a member that same year, 1987. And a friend of mine who was also a member said, did you know that Edgar Casey did a reading on a baby boy when he was two years old and said that he was the reincarnation of both Thomas Jefferson and Alexander the Great? So 
I'm a writer by profession, and I, I like to identify myself as a reporter for the universe. <laughs> when I hear a, a really juicy tidbit like this, I thought, wow, I knew he didn't do uh, he the, the reading that Casey did on this little baby. The big part of it was that he would do for the world what Jefferson did for this country. Well, I knew that that hadn't happened, and I was curious as to why it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I, I spent years trying to locate him. Uh, I got a lot of obstacles in my way. Uh, I finally did connect with him many years later. I, I moved from Chicago out to, to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. He had moved to Charlottesville, Virginia as well. So the universe was really orchestrating all of this. And we got together. But it took, um, and I asked him, I said, Could, would, how do you feel about me writing a, a story about you? Because I knew that he had taken a lot of heat from a lot of people that were disappointed in him that he didn't fulfill that prophecy. And I thought there's gotta be a reason why, because I didn't, I didn't know Casey was ever wrong about any of his prophecies. And so um, I said, would you, how do you feel about me writing about this? And we had become friends by then. He trusted me and he said, sure. And he gave me permission to go to Virginia beach, go into the Edgar Casey foundation's archives. And I started to painstakingly go through all of the correspondence, all the letters that Mr. Casey wrote to his parents and, and all the people surrounding him uh, to sort of chronologically rebuild his story because he lived with the Casey's for eight and a half years. And so I thought, wow, what was that like to live in Edgar Casey's home? So all of that, um, it took me eight years to pull it together, but that's the the gist of the book is, you know, what was it like growing up in the Casey household? What did he learn from Edgar Casey, and why didn't he fulfill that that prophecy of doing for the world what Jefferson did for this country? Right. Well, let's let's dive into that stuff a little bit. What what was it like? I've always been a huge Edgar Casey fan. I know we talked about the last the last time you were on the show with me, and um, because when I, you know I was born psychic and um, was trying to figure out what was going on for me right off the bat, and you know I was little. It, it was the seventies and eighties. It's not like you could go to the, you know, hop on the internet and find out anything about this. I was in the library in my town, like looking up psychic, like psychic and how do you manage it? And what's there, you know, Edgar Casey and Jane Roberts. Right. Yeah. And I read all of all, anything I could get my hands on, um, on those topics, just trying to figure out so I could figure out what's happening in my own life. But, um, so I was literally reading Edgar Casey when I was like 12. Yeah. Me too. You know, yeah. And um, and so what was it like living? I know that he you know, he was a trans channel, so he would kind of go out when he was channeling. And I wonder if there was a difference between who he was as a person and and what we the record we have of him, which is from his channeled material. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't really remember anything that he said while he was in trance. So people had to tell him. Mm. What, what, he, what he had said. Uh, TJ paints a picture of him as a very loving man uh, who took such an enormous interest in this little boy, this little baby that came to live with him at such a young age. Um, they had obviously been together in other lifetimes. And Casey knew he was coming, that the soul was coming through. And how TJ came through to get to Casey is an interesting story unto itself because the way TJ tells it, when his soul was still in spirit, he's kind of looking down. He said, I knew I wanted to be with 
Mr. Casey again, but he was too old to be having children, so I couldn't come in that way. And then he said, well, I couldn't come in through Gladys Davis, his secretary, because she wasn't married or having children. He says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll come in through Gladys's brother and his wife because they're, they were alcoholics and gamblers, and he knew they wouldn't. the last thing they wanted was a baby. But he figured, well, I'll come in through them. They won't want me. They'll give me to Gladys, and then Gladys will get me to Mr. Casey. And that's exactly what happened. So it's really kind of divine intervention. So the time they spent together, um, uh, I mean, there were times when TJ wasn't there because his his uh, mother would pull him out. And they would move somewhere else. Uh, but most of the time he was with the Casey's. And he just described it as having a very enchanted childhood. I mean, there were th they would go fishing out on the pier together. Mr. Casey would teach him about reincarnation, about the karma, what karma was, about the creation story. And uh, that was his classroom. That was his metaphysical classroom, was sitting out on the pier with Mr. Casey fishing, but learning all of this enormous uh, tremendous information, how to read auras and all of this, and education unlike anything any other child had ever gotten. And during those years, he, he would talk about how he saw fairies in the garden. Uh, he saw Mr. Casey levitate somebody. He would see mm -hmm. spirits coming in and out of the house when they when Mr. Casey would do a talk. Um, Mr. Casey, um, cre uh, I don't know what you'd say, manifested a playmate for TJ. Her name was Stefanella. There's a little girl, little Italian girl who played the violin. She'd go out on the pier and and he'd hear violin music. He'd turn around and see this little girl. And he said if he he said sometimes she got into her music so much she almost got to the point where he could put his hand through her. He didn't realize at first that she wasn't real. Um she was a neighbor child. Uh so he has story after story after story like that of the incredible experiences he had. Um he thought every household was the same, that every household, that kids were raised this way. So it was really a shock to him when he realized that that wasn't the case at all. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And and what, what, what do you think happened? First of all, it's kind of a heavy trip to lay on a little kid that they're going to, you know, yeah. save the world sort of, you know, or, or do something that big. Like, yeah. and, and uh, what, what do you think happened that, that disrupted this? And, and, I mean, I've got a lot of questions, and 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 how does that work? Even like our free will and and the experiences that we have, the sort of unexpected, random experiences that we have, disrupt a a karmic pattern or soul contracts that powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, free will definitely was in play at, in this way, and especially since he was a child and Casey was alive. Casey gave very, very explicit instructions to TJ's parents on how to raise him. And that included his education uh, and what he needed. He, and if you look at the reading, he will say, yeah, he can do all of this, provided that you do X, Y, and Z. So the parents had a huge role in his upbringing. They did not fulfill their end of the deal. And Mr. Casey was going to give TJ a second life reading to give him a little bit more of a path to follow. But he died. He was going to give it to TJ when TJ was 13. And Casey died when TJ was eight and a half. So he didn't get that second reading. But when he when Casey died at eight, when TJ was eight years old, you know, TJ couldn't make any decisions on his own for his own benefit. 
uh, he was really relying on everybody, either at the ARE or in his family, to continue to nurture him and to do the work that Mr. Casey said he was going to do. That didn't happen. He was pretty much thrown from pillar to post because after Mr. Casey died, everything was thrown in chaos uh, at the ARE. Uh, his Aunt Gladys was full-time trying to save the readings, uh, and his mother still couldn't mother him. His father was in the service overseas, so it was he was sent to live with his grandmother and then his aunt and uncle, and this went on for years. He had no stable environment. Nobody at the ARE took him under their wing to say, let's continue your studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so, so uh, the one pivotal point was when Mr. Casey was still alive, and that's when Mr. Casey had said he, that TJ should go attend the high mowing school in uh, Wilton, New Hampshire. That's um, uh, the first Waldorf school. Uh, and Mr. Casey had done a reading on the founder of that school. Turns out that she had past life in um, in Greece when uh, TJ was Alexander. So they had already uh, a link from that other lifetime, and Casey said this is the perfect school for him. Uh, and he was all set to go. His little bags were packed. He had his ticket. Gladys was going to take him, and his mother pulled him out at the last minute. So, So that's another example of how you know, um, he's on the path, on the path, on the path, and then somebody makes a decision of their own free will, and he goes on a different trajectory altogether. So uh, that's really the gist of it as to what happened uh, to this little soul that was uh, destined for greatness. And how was that for him? I mean, what what was that like for him to know that and to know that his destiny was unfulfilled? Well. Um, you can imagine uh, in case after Casey died and he didn't have that mentor anymore that he became a recluse pretty much. He became a hippie and uh, kind of hung around the ARE. He never could get a job there. He wanted to just cut the grass and they, they just would not give him a job. And um, so he he's, his lifestyle then became such that he became a source of embarrassment for a lot of the people there. Um, And um, he just did not talk about his time with Mr. Casey. He didn't talk about anything that he learned. Uh, You know, he he married multiple times. Uh, He ended up um, doing odd jobs. He never had a career. He he thought he was going to work at the ARE, that that was going to be his his job. and, and constantly he was rebuked by people who looked down at him and said, you know, Casey said you could do these things and you haven't done them and you haven't saved the world and all this. But, you know, Lisa, I really believe, and, and after I finished writing the book, I came to this conclusion, that I think that that reading had nothing to do with a global initiative or Thomas Jefferson, because after all, Casey never talked about Jefferson or global initiatives or saving the world when they were sitting out on that pier together. He was teaching him all of the principles that are in the Casey readings. And TJ has said to me on more than one occasion, he said, you know, Joanne, all of the questions that humanity has, the answers are in those readings if people would just go and read them and and learn about them. So I think really that, that what Casey was predicting for him was that if he would 
would share everything that Casey was teaching him, that people would be drawn to the material and the principles that are in those materials, and we would have a different world because of that. Mm. So, um, but we've only come to that conclusion relatively recently. Um, he's 85 years old now. He still lives here in Charlottesville. Wow. I, talk, I talk to him quite often. So whether he can still get out there and, and, and do all of that is has been our ongoing quest. Because <laughs> uh, I told him it doesn't matter how old you are. you know. Because when I talk to him and he talks about Casey, it is a conversation unlike anything I've had with anybody else. This enormous amount of profound wisdom uh, that I feel like if he could only share that. So that's what we're hoping that the book will, will do. Well, that will help fulfill that destiny that Mr. Casey promised him. And do you, I know you've worked a lot with this information and the people in the AAR have too, right? Um, is there a place where that information is all collected, where people can get his source information, the save the world information that we need right now? Well, I think if you, any ARE member, um, can access the readings online. Go to edkc.org. Uh, you can access. There's certainly been a lot written uh, about the various readings. You could type in a subject that you're looking for, and then the reading will come up. There's that. There are a lot of really gifted speakers who know the case material real well, and they're sharing it. But CTJ is the only living recipient of a reading who actually knew Edgar Casey. Because Casey died in 1945. Right. So, um, so, you know, I think it's, the information is there. It's always been there. It's just a matter of knowing um, how, to, how to find it and what to do with it. And, uh, I mean, you can enter uh, at any level of understanding because, uh, like I said, there are many, many gifted speakers at ARE who share uh, the knowledge in different areas. And certainly tons of books have been written uh, on various aspects of the reading. So that's where, where they could go. Okay, good. And what does this mean for us as individuals? Like it, how, how can we make meaning of our own lives, our own incarnational cycle, our own fate, karma, free will conundrums? Well, I think first of all, people are under the misconception that uh, if you've had a past life in which you had a very lofty lifetime, very famous lifetime, like Thomas Jefferson, right, that you would just continue going up, 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 up. You don't. You know, Casey says in the readings that soul gained or that soul lost, depending on what karmic issues they're working on. Certainly, TJ has his own karmic issues he's working on from the Jefferson lifetime uh, and other lifetimes, uh, the Alexander lifetime. Um, Casey gave him four lifetimes uh, in that reading. Um, so in addition to Alexander and uh, Jefferson, he was also um, in early France helping to develop their government. And he was also in Atlantis. So um, so he, he's had many more lifetimes than that, but those are the four that Casey happened to give him in that one reading. So I think that understanding that we, you know, we come into this life and I do this with my clients that want to do the pre-life planning session. They want to see, what did I sign up for? Why am I here? I don't understand this. Uh, why did I choose these parents? You know, 
why is this happening to me? Why are these people in my life? What's my soul's mission? Those are the kinds of questions we deal with in that particular session. And all of that information is available. You come in with a plan. You know, you work things out before you come. It's like, like coming to school. The earth is a school. You come in with a curriculum. You've worked it out with your guidance counselors on the other side, and they go, okay, let's look. Let's look at all you've accomplished and all you haven't accomplished. Oh, okay, you need to work on acceptance and approval, or you need to work on your um, greediness, or you need to work on uh, health issues or whatever. And you figure out a plan, and you come, and then your soul family says, I'm going to come in with you and help you out. And they come in with you. and But at any given point in time, you can change routes. You can say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. And you can go in a different direction, as his soul did. So really, the name of my the book prior to this one is I did it to myself. Because <laughs> in effect, we, we do this planning to ourselves. And then we come in and we wonder, why are things this way? They're this way because you planned it this way. <laughs> but you can change it. You can decide to do something else or go in a different direction or, or whatever. So it's, uh, it's really masterfully designed by the universe. Uh, and I just love to be a part of everyone's journey. It's very humbling for me to, to see them get that aha moment, you know, in the, in the middle of a session. I think it is. And I, I think that it, um, you know, when we can see things from the level of the soul, it makes sense of all of the kind of the, the suffering our ego self goes through or the challenges yeah. that we that we find ourselves in. And I think this for me, the soul work is always um, comforting somehow to know when we know those things. It's it, and there, these things are hard. I mean, we're we're wise beings. And if you yeah. could have figured it out and, you know, you know, easily you would have figured it out five lifetimes ago, but we're still working through these core issues that we have, I think, over and over. Um, and and if if we could sort of wrap things up here with like um, some some take home knowledge for our listeners, like what do you think is the the one really big takeaway we should be thinking about after this conversation? That you know we're the masters of our own destiny, um, and that. Um, you know, it is influenced by things we've done in prior lifetimes. All of that is in the Akashic Records, you know, if you want to find out about that or go through regressions. Uh, so, but we actually do have a lot of power of our own and we can um, choose uh, which path we want to take. And, mm -hmm. and all of it is intended for our souls to grow. So that eventually we return to spirit, to our spirit home, uh, where you know um, where we're all headed. Actually, anyway, so uh, it's just interesting to to sit back, look at your life from that perspective. That you know, why did I choose this? Uh, what have I learned from this uh, that I wouldn't have learned had I gone another direction? I like to um, I like to say it's all research. You know, and that's kind of like what I what I do to sleep at night when I'm like, you know, when I'm looking over my everything's so clear in the rear view, like right, when you're looking over your choices or, you know, if I if I were, were TJ and I was trying to sort of reconcile that in my in my own self, I, I might chalk it up to research, you know, and um, and an unexplored path, you yeah. know, like 
a detour that's actually fruitful and interesting, even though um, it, it is. Because I, I, I like the, for me, the concept of research takes failure really out of the um, equation in a way. So it's not like, oh, we have, we have failed relationships. So I have a failed marriage or I have a failed career. I have a failed karmic, you know, plan. <laughs> like that's heavy, you know, but if we can, if, for me anyway, if, when I reframe it as research, somehow it feels better. I don't know. As it does. There's yeah. a reason for everything, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joanne, how can people find your wonderful book? Well, it's available on Amazon. Um, you can read about it on my website, which is joannedamajo.com. You can also book, if you're interested in booking a regression with me or soul writing session, um, that's available on my website as well. There it is. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's joannedamajo.com. Real easy. I'm going to do it. I want to, I want a session with you. Like I want to, um, I mean, I do this for other people too, but it's been a while since I've looked at, it's sort of, I think, oh, hard yeah, to see yeah. your own. Can't yeah. see your own. It's like trying to look at the back I of your know. head or something. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I want to, I want to book a session with you because I feel like it would be helpful for me in this, oh, thank you. In this thing too. Can we see a copy of your book? I think we've got a, a copy that we can put up there um, for people that want to get your book. Um, that is Edgar Casey and the Unfulfilled Destiny of Thomas Jefferson Reborn. There it is. So um, thank you so much, Joanne, for being on the show and bringing up this fascinating topic. It was some um, timely for me. There's always some like magic that happens in who comes on my radio show and when it's like when I'm like mulling over some conundrum um, yeah. in my own life. I, I like my guest has some answer for me whenever it's just kind of go away. That way that works. city at its best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here with us thank today. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank all of you for those of you who are watching and listening. We're super glad to have you here too. You can find me at lisacampion.com. Come by and visit. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks for being with us here on the Miracle of Healing, where we are changing the planet one person at a time right here on Empower Radio. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.